If you don't know me, I am Pastor Tim. I take care of your students, Epic, and I take care of your young adults, 18 and 30, which we call you 30. And it's my honor, my privilege to step into Pastor Mark's uh, pulpit, his stage this morning. He is on a much needed vacation, a little weekend getaway. Sometimes he works himself a little too hard. And so he needs a break, and he is taking his break. And hopefully, if he is watching right now, I look up to par. Okay, you can laugh. It's okay. Uh, for the past few weeks, doing offering, I have not spoke about sports at all. And so I am now. Um, just want to let you know that the San Antonio Spurs will lose to the Memphis Grizzlies. They will, Memphis will win four in a row. Indianapolis... The good old Pacers will destroy the Miami Heat. Uh, they will. They will. Uh, and yesterday, I was playing some golf. Um, I don't know if you can tell by my Irish sunburn, but I was playing some golf. Uh, I haven't played in about a year, and I used my pitching wedge, and I hit 143 yards with my pitching wedge. If you don't know anything about golf, that means that I'm a great man. <laughs> the guys that were around me playing golf with me were like, Holy bananas, Tim, that was amazing. And it was my only good shot of the entire day. So that was my fame and glory. But uh, today I'm going to speak to you about count the stars, about changing some of your perspectives from you to having his perspective, from going from earth to heaven to heaven to earth. And we are going to dive in here in just a minute. Pastor Mark normally has you guys stand, but I'm going to leave you guys sitting. If you can turn to your Bibles, to the book of Genesis, chapter 15. That was weak. Let's do that again. Genesis chapter 15. There we go. He instructed me that I had to read from my Bible, so it's a little difficult for me using a handheld, but we'll make it work. If you do not know, if you do not know where Genesis is at, we will pray for you afterwards. It's the very first book of the Bible. You can't miss it. All right, Genesis chapter 15, reading verses 1 through 6. And it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? And then Abram said, Look, you have been given... Abram, excuse me, Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Everybody say, Look. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look. Everybody say, Look. Now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Father, we worship you. We praise you. You're an amazing creator. You're a great God. Father, this morning as we honor our servicemen and our servicewomen, I should bless the families, the ones that are serving, the ones that have gone on to do other things, that you have blessed them and strengthened them. Bless this congregation, Father, and let the Indian Pacers grow about six more inches to destroy Miami. In your precious name, and everybody said? Amen. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So in Genesis chapter 15, it starts off with saying, after these things. And it talks about Abram. Abram is Abraham. Abraham's name got changed two chapters later in Genesis chapter 17. So if you hear me say Abram, I'm referring to Abraham. If I mix up and I say Abraham, I'm referring to Abram because they're both all in the same, the same person. If that was confusing, I just confused myself. So if I say Abram, it's Abraham. If I say Abraham, it's Abram. Same person, all in one. 
But after these things, in verse 1, it says, after these things, is referring to the promises that was given to him in Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 13. You see, in Genesis chapter 12, God said, leave your family, and I will bless you and make you a father of great nations, or you have many descendants. In Genesis chapter 13, after him and Lot separate, he goes, if you'll look to the north, the south, east, and the west, as far as your eye can see, I will give you the land that you see. So some theologians believe, and it says in Genesis chapter 12, that Abram was 75 years old at the time of the first promise. Some theologians believe that 10 to almost 20 years have passed since Genesis chapter 12. So no, maybe Abram is, 70, is, is 85, maybe he's 95, but almost 20 years has passed, and he is stuck in a perspective that the promises that God gave him 20 years ago have yet to come to fruition. So he's got this perspective that he's frustrated. Where do you get your perspective from? Has it come from your parents? Has it come from past relationships? Has it come through life experiences? Do you get your perspective from CNN or Fox News? Do you get it from Rush Limbaugh? Hopefully not. Do you get those kind of, do you get your perspective from those things? How do you get your perspective? And that's where Abraham's at. Abraham is locked in his perspective. In all reality, in the scripture, he's actually inside of a tent. So far into his perspective, he's actually inside of a tent. If you look at verse 1 again, verse 1, it says this, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. I am your gift. To me, this is the greatest promise that is in the Bible. God is saying, yes, Abraham, about 10, 15, 20 years ago, I promised you all these great things about a descendant. But in all reality, Abram, I am your great reward. I am the greatest promise you'll ever get. I am the greatest gift. See, me and my wife have been married for about five years. And about four years ago, we were newlyweds. Christmas time came around. And I said, uh, baby, I have looked high and, high and low. As far as the east is to the west, the north is to the south, I cannot find a gift that matches your beauty or your majesty and your, your greatness, your awesomeness. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to wrap myself up with a nice little bow. I'm going to put myself underneath the tent. And you know what, baby? You can even open me early. She looked at me and said, get your butt to the store. And from this day forth, we, have not buy, we don't buy each other Christmas presents because I screwed up the first year. So I don't get any Christmas presents because I guess I am my own present. Have you ever received a present that you did not want? That you have re-gifted in the long run? Like the person worked really, 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 really hard on it. And as soon as you get it, you go, yay, it's great. And then you make sure you re-gift it where they're not going to be at. Y'all have done it. Don't even play games. I've done it. See, Abram is actually getting, Abram is looking like Nicole and the gifts that are re-gifted. Abram doesn't want God's greatest promise of himself. He wants his child. He wants a child. He wants someone to, he wants his little own heir. I really don't think Abram really thought this through. Because see, I have a two and a half year old little boy who is uh, crazy. He's just wild. I don't think Abram really thought it through. Abram was like, I just want a child. I just want a child. I want a child. And God's like, bro, I am your greatest gift. I am your reward. I got you. I am the greatest you're ever going to receive. And Abram was like, I don't want your gift. 
I don't want your gift. I want, I want the gift you promised me 20 years ago. I want that gift. Give me that. I don't want your gift. So Abram is in his tent. And he's like, in verse 3, I believe it is, he looks at God, and then Abram said, look. As if God is not the ultimate looker. Like God's not looking down, God's not looking down and seeing all that Abram's facing. Abram's thinking that God's going to come down and say, man, whoo, Abram, your situation is jacked up, son. I didn't know none of this was going on. Look, if I'd have looked at my mom and said, look at me, I'd have been smacked. Can you imagine if I, so if I was God, I'd have looked at Abram and I'd be like, listen here, you little looker. I am the ultimate looker. I would take your looker away so you can't look no more, you little looker. I'd have, just, I'd have been punching Abram. I'd have been like, shut up. I'm the ultimate looker. I'm the one that's in charge. Abram looks at God and says, look. Starts begins to throw a tantrum tantrum. Look at me, God. Look at my problems. Why do we always try to bring God down to us? We always take his perspective and try to make it our pers- we take our perspective and try to make it his perspective, as if God hasn't even seen anything that we're going through. We say, hey, God, won't you come down to me? You're inside your tent, and you're like, okay, God, won't you come down to my level? Come down to me. Come look at what I am, where I am at, and what I'm facing, as if he has never seen what you're facing or what you're going through. Come down to me. We live in a perspective, we try to live in the kingdom under a perspective of our own. How can you live in the kingdom perspective? How can you live in the kingdom with your own perspective? Got tongue tied. How can you live in the kingdom under your own perspective? Israel's, Israel throws a bunch of tantrum tantrums. He is a typical two and a half year old boy. Uh, he has jumped off this stage onto a nine year old before. That's a true story. He is. Um, very, yeah, he's, just, he's Israel. And he throws his tantrum tantrums. If he can't watch Mickey Mouse, he calls, he calls Mickey Mouse Mimi, Mimi Mouse. And Toy Story is Buzz. If he can't watch Buzz or Mimi Mouse, he throws a fit. He'll get on the ground and he'll kick his legs and he'll scream and he'll holler and he'll get all mad. And I'll walk in and say, Israel, it's okay, bud. What, what do you, you want to watch? Mommy's turn. Or I'll go to get him out of the car. Mommy's turn. If I'm at my dad's house, Papa's turn. It's everybody else's turn except for dad's turn. Yeah. So he's throwing his little tantrum tantrum. Mommy's turn. Mommy's turn. Mommy's turn. I'm like, I, I just want to punch you right now, bro. That's all I want to do. And I'm like, well, I can help. Dad's got the same two arms, the same two legs. Mom's got, I got the five digits. I can turn the TV on, bro. Mommy's turn. She'll walk in a room, bam, he'll stop. I'm like, you little punk. Makes me look like I'm not a good parent. Israel, uh, Abram is throwing a tantrum tantrum. And even as adults, I'm a student pastor, and I know my students throw their little fits. But even as adults, we throw fits. If we don't get the gift that we want at Christmas, I know of some families, if you don't give them the gift they want, they don't talk to you for like three months. We throw our little fits. 
We get upset with God when the promises that, we, that he's promised to us and the words and the prophecies that he's gave us 15, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, when they don't come to pass, we get upset. Abram is just being a Debbie Downer right now. He woke up on the wrong side of the bed. He, he woke up and God said after these things, and he rolled to the other side and got off on the wrong side and said, really? 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 I just, I just defeated five kings. I'm a little stressed out, God. Lot don't want nothing to do with me. And now you're coming to me saying, after these things, you're going to remind me of the promises that you have not fulfilled at this very moment, God? Really? You're really going to do that right now? Really? Serious? Serious? It's like you've been promised 15 years ago that you're going to get married to a, to a hunk. You're going to get Chatham Tatum's going to walk in the door and you're going to get married to Chatham Tatum. And, and, you, and you're sitting there and you're waiting. You're waiting. And old boy that looked jacked up, he got one eye missing. And you're like, he just broke up with me. And God goes, hey, don't worry about it. Chatham Tatum's going to walk in the door. Yeah, really. I just got dumped by a dork. You're really going to tell me, really? Chatham Tatum come in right now? That's where Abram's at. He is not happy right now. He is not happy. After these things, I'm sitting in a tent, I'm afraid. He had every right to be afraid. He just, like I say, he just defeated five kings. He was worried that they were going to come back after him. He was probably hiding in his tent to get away from him. He's freaking out. He's scared. And all of a sudden, God comes to him and goes, after these things, Abram. How often does God come to you and try to remind you the things that he promised you, but you're so ticked off in the situation that you're at that you have no desire to hear it at all? Your perspective is so jacked up. You're like, yeah, God, that's great. I'm glad you're my reward, I'm glad you're my shield, and I don't need to be afraid, but I ain't got time to listen to you, homie. I ain't got time. I thank you for your word, I thank you for being there, but I don't want to listen to it. We get in our tent, and we start having a little tent. I can see, you see Abram getting his tent, which, by the way, side note, I can't put a tent together. That does not mean that I'm not a man. Okay. So... Abram is in his tent, and he's throwing his little fit. I can see him just shaking the tent. Really? Look at me, God. Seriously right now, bro? Are you being for real? No, I don't want to talk about what you promised me 15 years ago. I'm 95 years old, and you're going to tell me I'm going to have a kid? Come on, bro. I'm 95. I'm not going to have no kid anytime soon. I want to have... Why would you promise me this and it not come to fruition? Why would you give me all this and it doesn't happen? Why do we try to live in the kingdom from our own perspective? It's like going into Disney World and being depressed. How can you go into Disney World and be depressed? Like, right now, I do want to punch Mickey Mouse in the face because I have to watch it on a regular basis. I know parents agree with me. But when you walk in, you just get this overwhelming joy because they give you top-notch service. Just because, if you may watch YouTube, just because a little dancer elbow a little girl in the face a couple weeks ago doesn't mean they're bad people. No one knows what I'm talking about. I'm a dork on stage. So, you don't want to walk into Disney World with a depressed look on your face. You walk in, you're happy to be there. Why did we try to live in the kingdom? from my own perspective. Because see, my perspective has changed so much and altered and varied and up and down since I was born. Preteen, teenager, college student, married, working. It's all changed. And the last job I had, it changed my perspective immensely. I, I thought everybody was criminals and I thought that 
you couldn't be trusted. And, and, and I had to sit at restaurants to put my back to the door or my back to the wall so I can see the door. Because I was always fearful that somebody was coming after me. I would get in a fight on the street as a cop just to argue with somebody because I knew I was right and they were disagreeing with me. I was like, I'm right, boy. Go, let's go. I had to change my perspective. I left that. I'm still a cop, but I, you know, just reserved. So I don't have to deal with the streets. I had to change my perspective when I got here. And Pastor Mark and Pastor Kim will tell you. Sometimes I'm still a little too abrasive. Sometimes I still got a little hard shell on. And I look at people like, yeah, I don't know about you. I don't know. But he's changing my perspective. I can't walk into the kingdom with my perspective the way it is. Especially when I was in a cop car. There's no way I can live in the kingdom under that perspective. There's no way. How can you live in the kingdom through your perspective? Why is it that we allow hurts, past pains, and failures, and upsetness, and, and all the life situations that happen to affect the way that we live in the kingdom? We always try to bring him down to our perspective as this. He don't know what's going on. How can God come down to our perspective when he's higher than us? He has higher thoughts than we do, and he knows the ways that we never would know. Plus, Jeremiah says that his plans are nothing but to prosper you. How can you bring him down to you? You can't. So Abram's in his tent. He, tell God, he tells God to look. And he's fussing and he's griping and he's complaining. And I can just see that the tent is, is zipped up. The tent is zipped up. Why do we block ourselves off as Christians? when our perspective gets in our way. When life situations happen and, and failures come and life is not great and we have problems or issues, we just go back to a comfort zone and we get inside of our tent, we zip it up, and we don't let anybody else in. We zip it up. We even, we even zip it up to the point to where we don't even let God come back in to minister to us again. That's where Abram's at. Abram has himself zipped up into his tent because the promises of 10 to 15, 20 years ago have not come to pass. So he is ticked off. Don't act like you have never. Don't act like you've never went in your room or in your living room or in your car and screamed and hollered and fussed at God. Why are you putting me through this? Why am I having to face this problem? Why am I having to deal with this? I'm just going to go back in my tent, zip it up. Don't worry about me. I've got it under control. I'm just going to be a little hermit and stay in my little tent. We allow our perspective to alter everything that we do in life. If you had a bad day, the person that's in front of you in that car, they're going to have a bad day. If you have a bad day and the kid try to come make you laugh, the kid's going to have a bad day. If you're go happy-go-lucky and somebody comes and does this angry and frustrated, all of a sudden you get changed and you're frustrated and aggravated. We allow our perspective to control us so much that we go back into our tent and we completely forget to live in the kingdom. We have this earth-to-heaven mentality when it really needs to be a heaven-to-earth mentality. Tell you another story about Israel. 
He is a blessing to me and Nicole. He, um, when me and Nicole decided that we wanted to try to have kids, we tried for almost eight, six months to a year, and nothing happened. And finally, we looked at each other, and we said that we are comfortable with it just being me and you. We're okay, God, if you don't give us any children. We're okay with this being just me and me and Nicole. And less than three days later after making that comment, Nicole came and threw a pregnancy test in my face and told me that we were pregnant. The same thing with the second one. We told God, we're fine and we're, we're okay with just, just being Israel and us two. We're okay with that. We're okay with it. Just It'll be a lot cheaper. <laughs> it's okay, just me, Israel, and Nicole. It's okay, we'll take that. A couple of days later, pregnancy test. Nicole did the same thing before we got married. God, I'm okay with being by myself. And then this sexy beast walked in the room. (laughs) What I'm trying to get at is until you get past your own perspective, you're never going to reach your full potential. Until you get past yourself and what I want and what I need, you're never going to get to your full potential. I think that's where Abram's at. Abram's in his tent. It's all zipped up. He's saying he don't care about Oklahoma. He doesn't care about what happened in Boston. He don't care what's happened in Egypt with the Christian, with the Christian woman. He doesn't care what's happening in London. He doesn't care about anything that's happening in the world. All he cares about where he's at and his perspective because it's all about me. It's all about me. It's what Tim Huggins wants. It's what Abram wants. It's what I want. It's, not, it's, what, it's about me. And God's looking at him saying, really, bro? You're really going to zip yourself up? You're really going to put yourself in a tent? I just delivered you from five kings. Yeah, Lot left you, but who cares? I'm your great reward. I am it. I am the greatest promise you'll ever get. We're never satisfied as Christians. We're never satisfied as Christians. We're looking for the next big paycheck to come in the bank but then we never give God glory for it. We're waiting for the next car, the, the next, the, when we buy the next car, we're like, yeah, we did it. You didn't do jack. Waiting for this next beautiful woman to walk in so I can marry her. You didn't let her walk in. God let her walk in. We get so tied up in our own little selves that we put God in this nice little pretty box and we only open him when we're frustrated, but then when we open the box, we try to pull him down back into the box that we already have him in and where we're at. What is your perspective? What is your point of view? This hurts, failures, past issues, relationships. What has created your perspective to the point to where you can't live in the kingdom anymore? See, it's easy to preach this to students because I can just say, you know, high school leaves. It's easy to preach it to college students because they say, hey, you're going to get married here soon and college is going to be over and you're going to have a full-time job. But when you look at adults who's been alive longer than you, than you, been married longer than you, look at me like, what are you talking about, Tim? You have no life experiences. How can you preach to me about getting out of my perspective when you're a young buck yourself? Abram was almost 95 years old when God went into the tent 
tents. He's in his tent. The tent is closed. That I can see, I can see God being like Nicole. And Abraham saying, you know, it's, it's mommy's turn. It's mommy's turn. And, he, and Abram thinks he has everybody, un, everybody zipped out of his life. He's in his tent. No one can see him. No one can, no one can criticize him. No one can, can try to lift him up. He doesn't want to talk to nobody. He's comfortable living inside of his tent. And God comes and unzips the tent. And then you see God looking at Abram like, really, man? As we do as parents and our kids when they're throwing the fits. Really? 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 Take my hand, Abram. Take my hand. I believe Abram took his hand and he walked out into the desert sky. And scripture says that, he says, count the stars if you're able to. Count them. Count the stars if you're able to. One. See Abraham trying to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. God, this is impossible. I can't count the stars. I can't count all of them. There's too many for me to count. There's so many billions of stars and so many galaxies out there. Why, as Christians, do we limit the possibilities that God can give us? If we would just get out of the tent and attempt to count the stars, just attempt to count the stars, we're unable to because he is the greatest promise that we could ever receive. Get past your own perspective, your own issues, your own problems. Everybody has issues. Everybody has problems. Life is not always grand, and life stinks sometimes. But if we just stay inside of our tent, we never experience the outdoors and the infinite possibilities of God. It's like taking someone to the beach for the first time and looking at their face and looking at just the awe of how does the water stop here and how far does the water go and all the sand. See, it says in Romans 9, this is free. This is, I just added this. Romans 9. It says, I call nobodies to somebodies. I love the unloved. And just as though you're numbered on the shore as a sand, the difference is, I know your name. I know your name. Let him take you out of the tent and attempt to count the stars. Because if you don't, if you don't count the stars, if you don't even attempt to count the stars and you stay inside of your tent, you're going to be a lonely old person who never took that chance to step of faith and stepped off. The question is, do you have the faith to step out of the tent in the midst of hell. Grab his hand, look up to the stars, and attempt to count them. Until we change our perspective to his perspective and take it from earth to heaven to heaven to earth. Some people say that 
some people are just too heavily minded to be any earthly good. That is a jacked up statement because we're supposed to be so heavily minded. But until we change our perspective, we're always going to stay earth to heaven and never heaven to earth. You've got to change that perspective. Everybody will stand with me. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us on our internet campus today. We'd love to hear how this message blessed you. You can send an email to admin at yourepicenter.com. You also have the ability to donate to this ministry if you go to www.yourepicenter.com. Again, thank you for joining us and have a wonderful day.